Hi everyone, I'm Lauren D'Angelo and I am here to um, talk to you about where I'm at, my podcast. Today I have two really special guests with me, Marlene Boyette and Paulette Despagna, like lasagna. (laughs) 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 And um, the purpose of this podcast, I like to always kind of remind everyone, remind the listeners, my objective is to interview my teachers along my path, along my way. And these two lovely women, I actually had the pleasure of meeting this past summer during a um, a teacher training that we led together, and I learned so much from both of them. So we're here today to talk about diversity and equity in yoga. And I'll start off right by saying this is like completely out of my comfort zone. This was a um, this was like a light bulb that went off for me this past summer that I've been a little bit on the hunt of trying to figure out how. I can learn more about diversity and equity in yoga and then how I can bring it and encourage more of it in my teaching after I learn more about it. So um, thank you both for being here. Thank you both for being my teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do each of you guys want to talk a little bit about your background of of, um, your journey into yoga and then we can kind of go from there with regards to kind of what you've experienced? Go for it, big sisters. Yes. Um, Okay. (laughs) My yoga journey. So I suppose I began practicing personally in 2003. It was very like basic. I was going to like a YMCA and um, I was teaching preschool and someone had suggested because I was sharing yoga with the kids also Mm -hmm. that I become um, certified to teach children's yoga, Mm -hmm. which I did through an organization that's based in New Hampshire. And then from there, I was just teaching with children. And then in about 2015, um, I became aware of a training, a trauma-informed yoga training at Four Corners Yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, I participated in that training in the midst of some some Mm. significant changes in my life and um, came out of that wanting to teach Mm full-time so I left teaching preschool and was working um, as a instructor like kind of like a wild Mm -hmm. few months and (laughs) came to my position now Mm -hmm. teaching at the school yeah and Marlene you also teach in studios right yes. yeah mm-hmm. okay so you do both you're yeah. in a school with kids and then you're also in studios yes okay mm-hmm. and Paulette hey <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I came to yoga very recently mm-hmm. I've been to a couple of classes um, you know before I was trained as a yoga teacher um, and got my RYT I started out having a pretty serious medical emergency having my son and wanted to shift my work I'm a licensed mental health counselor to include some embodiment pieces Mm -hmm. and was trying to figure out how to do that Mm -hmm. so I came to training because of that and and came to yoga because of that but as we'll talk about Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was quite the journey yeah quite the experience so I'll talk a little bit about kind of like my experience in, in meeting and working with you both I feel like it was, it, it wasn't like immediate. It was kind of like these little subtle pieces of feedback or, or pieces of learnings that um, you came to me with or like you you just let it 
pointed out, right? It wasn't necessarily something I was doing versus like something that was happening like during the training where it was like, hey, we should be aware of blank. Um, and even though I can't think of any like specific examples right now, it started to like, it started to really kind of get my mind going with regards to like, well, wait a minute, what what am I doing to make sure that there's um, diversity and equity in the way that I teach? You know, one of the examples I will give is the use of pronouns, right? So we talked a lot during the training about the use of pronouns and <clears throat> what potential students prefer. Yes. And that was, I can honestly say that that was not something that was even on my radar prior to talking to both of you, working with both of you, um, doing the training that we did, you know, it was just kind of always assumed, I think is probably the best word, <laughs> right? Um, so that was one example. You know, I think the other example that Paulette, you know, I know you really want to talk about something that you've experienced is this idea of, you know, modifications. And, and for me, I, I have always been aware that students don't like to modify because they kind of feel like it's like downing their level of practice, which is absolutely not the case, right? Like the use of props can help them actually achieve the pose much better than not using the props. Mm -hmm. um, but you kind of, in speaking with you and, and learning from you, one of the things that I really learned was that in your practice, the use of props is, is like a must and it's part of your practice. It's almost like it, it's how you, it's how you practice. And so that was another another thing that kind of I was like, wow, like you rock practicing with props, <laughs> right? Like yeah. I think at one point um, you were helping demo the use of props while Marlene and I um, were, were leading asana. So do you want to talk a little bit about that with sure. regards to like when you started to practice? You're a newer practitioner too. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I first started to practice in general you mean going yeah. to yoga classes yeah. I often would show up um, I'd be the only brown person in the space of any kind mm -hmm. um, I would be the biggest person in the space and that for me hasn't been an issue across life like mm -hmm. I've been the size I am a long time um, and I'm fine with that but realizing that people were having a reaction to me being in the space, assuming that I couldn't do things. Mm -hmm. I originally started out in Bikram yoga and that whole scene of many years ago where it's very, yeah. you know, um, you just go in and you just follow. Um, part of that I enjoyed being led. Um, mm -hmm. The other part of it, very obviously people would say, no, do it this way out to me and be very vocal about what my body looked like how I was doing the pose, how I was being shifted in poses. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's an assumption that the person that's all the way up in the front and has practiced a long time and has a very small body is the best. And then all the way back to the people who are new, who are in the back, not knowing what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think <clears throat> because I'm a confident person, I'm like, I'm still a learner. I'm coming to this with an open and beginner's mind, mm -hmm. but it definitely, you know, shook my confidence mm -hmm. and then um you know I came back to it because of this like I said this medical emergency I had um I had preeclampsia with mm -hmm. my son so I you know had some times when I was not conscious during the my delivery came back and was like I definitely want to do more embodiment I definitely think that trauma mm -hmm. and 
the way we deal with trauma does not deal with what's happening in our bodies. Like we talk about it, mm -hmm. but we don't actually move our clients or move our spaces. So in that sense, um, that's how I came back to yoga. Yeah. And really as a mental health counselor and myself wanting to claim that space huh. again. Yeah. So do you still have that experience when you practice in studios today? Yeah, so I will show up sometimes and do like the new person <laughs> $20 for a week yeah. deal. And I'll go in one time and it's all about how I am greeted at the front. It's all about whether people say, hey, welcome. Here is the bathroom here. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it's all about the culture of the other people who are also taking the class. Uh -huh. Um I live in a little bit of a fancy area, so the fancier the area, the more bougie and rude <laughs> the owners and yeah. teachers are, right. um, or like whatever, I don't care who's in the space, like just I'm mm -hmm. leading you. Right. So it doesn't feel open and welcoming when you're already the only brown person or the only big girl. Um, one of the only spaces that I've seen and I haven't been to but I've heard from many is Hive Soul Yoga which is um, a group of practitioners who are focusing on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. POC practice mm. um, but that shouldn't that should be happening at every studio yeah it's funny yeah. so recently um, Marlene I was talking to you about this I, I recently started to um, work at a new organization and I, I was having this discussion and Marlene and I you and I were talking about this towards the end of the training too where it, it, it's almost flip-flopped too right so like I now that my I guess my spidey sense is up with regards to this like I want to know where I can go we're almost like not that it's fully reversed but what I would like is a diverse room Right. Like, mm. so I don't necessarily want to be the only white person walking into a studio. Um, I'm not sure how that feels for you. I don't know if it would be something that I would have the confidence to kind of stay, have the staying power with. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I, I do want to practice in a space that is more diverse because um, one of the I think one of the biggest blessings and greatest learnings that I've had this year is having both of you as a friend like mm -hmm. having befriended you this both of you this year because i've it's opened and broadened my horizons not really having the privilege to grow up around diversity and i don't necessarily currently live around diversity i've traveled the world and i've been in diverse places and locations where um, i've been able to experience different cultures that's temporary and not permanent Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like, totally different, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. it's totally different. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. you're inserting yourself into this space for a limited for, time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just, hearing you talk, Paulette, I feel like having that role reversal for me is something that I, I do want to experience. And like I said, not necessarily the 100% role reversal, but just I'm very curious to understand how I can encourage my classroom or the studios that I teach at to be more diverse or to encourage more diversity and equity. Mm -hmm. um, Marlene, as a teacher, how do you, how do you, what is it like to experience diversity as a teacher? That's a, a layered question <laughs> for me because I think all of these experiences are individual, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I think for myself, 
as a black woman, um, but a black woman who was raised in the suburbs amongst many mm. white people and Latino people. I've always been the only or one of very few, but almost, almost always the only black person in the room. So teaching, um, it's not particularly different for me. Yeah. Only because I'm accustomed to being in a space where I'm the only one. I will say that because of the studio that I um, primarily teach in Mm -hmm. is a diverse studio um from the ownership all the way down to you know the people who frequent the studio that they're coming there because they are seeking an experience of diversity and inclusion and a safe space Mm -hmm. and so i've been lucky in that sense Mm -hmm. blessed in that sense that i have that space to teach in and that i know that anyone who comes through that door is expecting that there will be diversity in the people who attend and in the instructor instructors. Um, I have taught workshops in other spaces that weren't diverse, where maybe I was welcome there through email and phone conversation, mm. and they hear my me speak, mm. and they see my name, mm-hmm. and they assume that I'm not a person of color. And then I come into the space and they're like <laughs> head tilt <laughs> and brief crickets like, oh, 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 OK, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm black and I'm here, you know. So and that's always inter- it's almost comical to me. Be- I find humor in it because it's I'm like, wow, here I am on this earth for all these years and I still yeah. <laughs> am having these weird experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you think that the studio that you teach at currently, um, what did they do to encourage, or what do they do, I should say, what do they do to continue to encourage this space of diversity and equity? What is it that makes it different? I think that I will say that Karuna and Christine, um, first, Karuna is a white woman. Mm -hmm. Christine is a woman of color. Mm -hmm. I believe she's Cape Verdean. Mm. So that in itself, you know, there are two women from different backgrounds who decided to open up a yoga studio in a community that needs healing Mm. in a community that is primarily POC. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first step, right? Mm -hmm. That you're bringing wellness to a place that where it's needed. Mm -hmm. And so that your intention is that this is going to be a safe, welcoming space for all people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they are open to people of color and allies that want to come into that space to teach. Mm. If you value, you know, inclusion and respect people on a human level and respect their differences and their needs, Mm -hmm. then I think it's known that that is a space for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people who word spreads like wildfire, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so in good and negative ways. But if you have had an experience with Christine as a massage therapist and Karuna 
you know, is a yoga instructor and she specializes in forest yoga, but on a human level, they're amazing people. Mm-hmm. I'm like almost emotional like, talking about them. Like, so if you know them, then yeah. you know wherever they are, it's going to be a welcoming space. Mm. And then what about like f- for people like me? Like I'll totally, I'll throw myself under the bus here. Like, and again, I'm learning, right? We're all learning, but just kind of, you know, my becoming a yoga teacher was to to bring greater good into the world mm-hmm. and it started with me right like i needed greater good in my life i started to practice and then yeah. it was like a healing practice for me that i just wanted to share with as many people and um i, I i'm not purposefully not including people of a diverse background right right. it's not on purpose right like when i step into a room to teach it's i I will say i don't also look and say it's not top of mind for me either like is this room diverse Mm -hmm. i've been turned on to it more and i i will admittedly say that the places that i teach probably are just they're not diverse but i don't think it's because diversity isn't welcome Mm. so if I wanted to encourage that, how, what what are the steps that I could take to A, learn, and B, like, put myself out there so it's like, hey, like, I, just because I look the way that I do, right? Like, Marlene, you're saying, like, you step into a studio and they're like, oh, you're black, <laughs> right? Like, just because I'm white doesn't mean I don't want to have people of right. color as my friends or my students or my teachers for right. that matter, right? Like, you guys have been my greatest teachers this year. Yeah. So, like, how do you how, how do you both think that dynamic can shift? Do you want to start? Would yeah, like sure. To? I can. I think that across the board, because I have the same issue, of course, we all, at our jobs, where mm-hmm. I'm also always the only brown person and administrator and also the only brown it, you know, female administrator at times, right? I'm lucky to be at a school that's a little more diverse than most schools. I think that we don't know the water we're swimming in <laughs> and that if we are fish in this stream, it's because we're the fish that are being mm-hmm. beat up because we're looking different <laughs> than all the other fish, right? So <laughs> part of it is to name it and yeah. say it and ask a studio when you start to work with them What's your diversity like at this studio? Mm-hmm. Or don't say anything and see what it's like. Right. See how when folks walk in who are um, different able-bodied or different sizes or, you know, various different um, gender identities, see how they're treated. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything to anyone. That's probably better because right, you'll get right. to see the real. Just observe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then that way you're able to bring it up when you are in positions of power, because even if you're the newest, you know, white, female, slim teacher, you have more power than Marlene might in a space as an advanced yoga teacher who has been teaching in all different, Mm. um, you know, areas and arenas. Hmm. You have some privilege there because you're going unseen. Mm-hmm. And you can start to talk in rooms that we can't be in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, that's... I agree. <laughs> I think, you know, as you said, Paulette, it's not something you necessarily observe because your lens is a lens of a white woman. Mm. So the I think the intention has to be, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that I want to be 
I want the spaces that I'm teaching in to be more inclusive. Right. And as Paulette said, like observing, observing how people are treated mm -hmm. when they come into the studio, how warmly one group of people might be welcomed into the studio and shown around versus how other people, it's nuances, mm. you know what I mean? And, and little things that someone who's walking in privilege might overlook mm -hmm. until you really start to focus in um, and really maybe asking some questions about the studio's mission. Yeah. Mm. Like, is are you, you know, a studio who is holding classes so people who are practicing for sport come here? Yeah. Or is this a studio of like embodiment of spirit? And I think there's a big difference between you know, a place that people practice for sport versus a place that people practice for spirit. Yeah. And you can feel it when you come in the space also. It's interesting, too, and I don't really know. I, I don't have the answer to this either, but I think one of the things that I'm curious to understand is, you know, it, is, like, I I believe that all of us are in some way attracted to people that, are like us mm -hmm. and it takes us picking up our head and actually purposefully trying to gravitate yourself towards people that are not like you mm -hmm. right and this comes up in work this comes up mm -hmm. in leadership right like they say some of the strongest leaders are the ones that actually don't sit around a table of people that are are that think just like them right mm -hmm. like this concept of like group think is not necessarily the best thing because it's like you get the head nod of like, yep, 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 I agree, I agree, yeah. until someone is kind of like, well, wait, have we looked at it a different way, right? Like it's that idea of group think of like we're all thinking alike and versus like, no, let's think out, let's think differently. Right. And I do think that that requires, you know, regardless of our skin type or our, our background, somehow trying to naturally gravitate yourself towards people who are not necessarily like you. So I, I'm curious that, it, how does that affect yoga and specifically studios, right? So so are there studios out there that can attract like the owners that you talk about at, the, at Marlene, the studio that you teach at, they're of a diverse background. So maybe that's why people are attracted to, to going there. That's not to say if you're a white female and you own a, a yoga studio, you don't want diversity in your studio. It just might mean that you can put yourself out there as somebody who welcomes right. it, but you m might not get that magnetic pull. Mm -hmm. Does that but make sense? It's true. But then you have to be intentional about the, what's happening inside the studio, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional with your hiring. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional in the classes that you're hosting. Mm -hmm. Do you are you creating a safe space for people to come there and feel welcomed and and feel safe, right? Not just for black people, but people with different physical abilities. Mm -hmm. You know, people um, with different gender identities from your own. Is it a space where people come and feel safe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder. Like, Paulette, are there certain classes that you go, that you look for? Like, when you're looking for a description of a class, mm -hmm. what do you look for? I'm looking for things that don't say things like power, yoga, 
or like there's just certain language that like that's from what I've learned that's not what yoga is supposed to be about it's not supposed to be I get that people go to it for exercise but it's supposed to be a connection between mind body and spirit yeah and if that is not mentioned in a class description and you're just gonna have me basically do push-ups but in yoga moves then I'm missing the whole point like I can go run on a treadmill for that yeah it'd probably actually be faster right for whatever I'm trying to if I'm trying to drop weight or lose you know like there's probably other things other than intensely going through yoga poses Um, so I also look at the whole studio who is it's so interesting y'all like I can tell who has stock photos because I know what black people stock photos look like when I look at a website I can tell they're not real people who practice in your studio but you've bought some brown faces and some black faces right Mm -hmm. for your um instead of Mm -hmm. (laughs) having a black history month um you know everyone come and learn about we're gonna do music from you know black history from black history month of all Mm -hmm. black artists for the month you could do that and be in any studio Mm -hmm. right you don't need to be like black people come you don't need you just you're trying to make the space more open Mm -hmm. for everyone and i noticed that those things and there's something about whiteness that equals value and i think that that's the real like it's like starbucks right like people are selling like whiteness in a way there's something about (laughs) that like people are selling you know i'm a wealthy white person who can go to yoga class at 10 30 a.m because yeah, or I'm, that really that really popular yoga brand. Right. Yeah. I, right. I wear it. So I'm like I think that we've had that conversation too. Yes. Right? Like it's also it it really changed my perspective uh, talking to you two about about some of yeah. the brands. Some right. of the I'm not gonna like target, right. but like some of the brands out there it was like Oh, girl, they don't sell my size. Uh, yeah. Right. So and that, I went into a store in that. Connecticut, which is probably the worst place to go. <laughs> I went into a store when I lived in Connecticut, and it was like, oh, I have to drop f- mm-hmm. four sizes mm-hmm. to get into your biggest size. Mm-hmm. And they, the people in the store looked at me disgusted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, that's the solution. Got it. All right. I will say on the flip yeah. side, though, since that conversation, so that was eye-opening for me. Yeah. Since that conversation, I've also tried to look at some of the brands that are out there that actually do a good job of showing diversity. Mm-hmm. And there are actually some out yep. there that do yep. it. There yes. is one very close yes. brand that is close to the one that you're talking about that I believe, like, from the, from the catalog that arrives mm-hmm. in the mail to when you actually walk into their stores, they do a very, very good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also They're some- They're intentional. They are. And there's also some like magazines out there that we're very aware doesn't, they don't do a very good job. And right. they're very well known in the mm-hmm. yoga world um, of, they don't do a good job of diversity in, in their publication. And so, you know, to me, it's also like, how, how do we pick our head up and we make sure that we um, we we pay attention because mm. the roots, just the very roots of where this practice started, were not a white female. Right, <laughs> right. They were not of white female beginnings. Right, right, know? right. But I feel like the question is though, right? Isn't that kind of the goal to keep it elite? I mean, not That's for what us. I'm saying. Not for us, mm-hmm. but I mean. You don't, they know what they're doing. These brands, these magazines, Mm -hmm. they're target, it's target marketing. Mm. It's very intentional. Mm -hmm. 
There's reasons why there aren't black and brown people on these covers. There's reasons why you don't see many black and brown people in certain ads. They don't they don't value mm-hmm. us as consumers. Exactly. They mm-hmm. don't it's almost like we're not worthy of, of the healing, I think mm-hmm. almost. And that's the message that it mm-hmm. conveys to people that it's not for us. Because how can I look at something and never see myself and then att- and then feel like that's an for me? An emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You won't feel an emotional connection. You won't. Connection. You can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that totally. I mean, but the the reality is right. that we all know here in this room, at least, that yoga really truly is for everybody, right. regardless mm-hmm. of some of the brands or publications right. out there. And I think that that was one of the things that really kind of sparked what I my spidey sense right mm-hmm. like just like it's not the same but just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit right I'm sure there are brands that both of you use that would not apply to me mm-hmm. but I think where this is different is that yoga specifically <laughs> is for everybody and mm-hmm. so to me it's like how can we make sure that that's the actual message that gets conveyed in everything that we do as teachers and as students, right? Like, I think that's where my biggest concern is. And I, I've recognized that I have a way to go in order to really understand what that could look like mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. There's stages of, like, racial and social awareness mm-hmm. and one's denial which a lot of people are in and then one of the other stages is you know original awareness like just seeing it and then I'm sure you see it everywhere Mm -hmm. and you as you go along you get through more stages of seeing things and integrating and saying like I will speak up when I can yeah Mm -hmm. and it's not like I honestly can say like it's it's not about judging because I don't believe for the most part, <laughs> that it's done on purpose. <laughs> for the most part, um, I I can truly, honestly say in 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 my learnings recently, I know, or at least I feel like it was not done on purpose. Because mm-hmm. the second that I was pointed out to me with you guys, all of a sudden I was like, it was almost like I was overcorrecting. And one of the things that I learned was that for me, my largest fear has always been like offending or or upsetting somebody or not being relatable to someone. And for me, people of color is definitely one of those things where it's like, I don't, how do I ensure that I can, I can have this conversation and be authentic and, and show compassion and empathy without a upsetting right and I've learned that it's just like you just got to kind of ask the questions right like Marlene you and I had like a super (laughs) frank conversation one day and I was like so tell me about your hair like I'm like girl just ask me (laughs) just ask and and that gets tricky too because that the the line in that is is it my responsibility as a black woman to teach you about my blackness or like about you know, where you fall short as a white woman, mm-hmm. is that my responsibility? Eh, not really. Mm-hmm. It's not. But, you know, am, am I comfortable in certain settings with having those conversations? Yes, I am. But it's not necessarily my responsibility as a black woman to educate white people Mm-mm. on how you, you know, 
as a race offend or um, oppress um, us as people still right now in 2019. Like, there's so many resources that, you know, are are. available. Books, workshops, Google, Google, (laughs) Google. right, YouTube, like, you know, like, it's because it's a, it becomes a burden Mm-hmm. To have to constantly be educating people and constantly answering these questions. And it wasn't burdenous no, with you I know. at yeah, all. Yeah. And I love you. <laughs> and I appreciate your your curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have a comfort level. Yeah. Um, you know, but I also think that there are certain things that, like, people should just know. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be touching black people's hair. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Full I just stop. think, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. there's just yeah. things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, yeah, I think it's that. I do. I think that there's that comfort level, and I guess you know, this is where I wonder if if the if the roles reverse, it's if it would be the same. But you you probably don't need the education. We're living in your world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I we're really good. Like, we're experts right. at living in a white exactly. world at this point. Right. Because we, we've always been we've in spaces. Been. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, you know, I think obviously I've had these conversations in lots of parts of my life as yeah. a black woman yeah. married to a white man. Yeah. Um, I have these conversations all the time. I've been in this body and in this environment for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I have these conversations two to three times a day with mm-hmm. someone about blackity blackness. Yeah. Really? And um and I get you know, exhausted in my house we call it white exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and from we get white exhausted from a various amount yeah. of questions, but also like that you don't have to know it's not it doesn't your life doesn't depend on it. I, you know, I've got to know the rules on how to negotiate this world. Yoga world mm-hmm you know included Mm -hmm. um so people's i think what would change to answer your question is that people would need to find a value Mm -hmm. in having us in those spaces Mm -hmm. someone needs to feel like Mm -hmm. it's important that people of color are here Mm -hmm. and not just that they are populating the world and soon will we will be mostly people of color Mm -hmm. but before then yeah and see that our value as people of color add to every space yeah um, I, I think until people that. feel that way, yeah, right. I, I mean, this won't. is why that's this is why we're here. Yeah, like I right. certainly, I was like, I, you know, and like I said, I've had the pleasure of of having to to travel the world and and really be exposed to different cultures and live in different cultures for an extended, you know, two weeks at a time period mm-hmm. of time enough to like get familiar get a enough, sense, right. and not having grown up in a very diverse area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I I think for me, being the curious individual that I am, <laughs> and and uh, always a work in progress and never perfect, is I have this curiosity of like wanting to know how you think and and your perspective and mm-hmm. th- that to me is value that you bring to the table because you don't think the way that I do yeah. and I don't want you to think the way that I do. I I know that there's that equal curiosity of. I think Marlene, sometimes you can kind of read my mind. You kind of like, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking, girl. Like you, you totally do. Yeah. I like, I like not always knowing what your perspective is and mm-hmm. having to to ask. Um, 
and, and really seek to understand. So I, I agree with you, Paulette. I think yeah. what you're saying is exactly right. It's like, and, and that was the, one of the main purposes of, of me really wanting the two of you in this room to talk about it was because I, it's not about judgment. It's not about right or wrong. I, for me, I believe it's just specifically in the yoga world, raising the level of awareness of the benefit of having diversity in everything that we do with regards to yoga. Like that that fundamentally is is one of the things that I I really want to seek to understand um and and raise the awareness level of. Mm-hmm. So Listen, in science, if you're not diverse, you die, right? Mm-hmm. If you're too purebred, if you're too you're you're if you're an insect, you get blown out because you don't have, you can't survive things because you're not diverse enough. Mm. Diversity is super important it's for really important. It's every it's space. Really important. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the end of each one of these podcasts, I ask two questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first question I ask is, and each of you can obviously answer, who is your greatest teacher? Wow. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have told you about this. Before. Yeah. Cuz I'm It can be more than one. I think my parents have been my greatest teachers. Hmm. Honestly. Hmm. Do I need to No. Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. I have a a mentor mm-hmm. whose name is um, Dr. Gerald Hass. Mm. He actually created um, a, the Southland Community Health Center in like the sixties. Mm-hmm. He was a medical doctor and just an awesome mentor for me. Yeah. He's taught me like patience in the middle, like eye of the storm. Yeah, miss mm. <laughs> and like being patient and being like the eye of the storm. Oh, I love and that. And so, um, yeah, I would say he would be okay. And then the second question is, so the the title of my podcast is where I'm at or Mm -hmm. where I'm at. So um, you can answer either way. Like, where are you at? What are are things that are of interest to you, goals for you, where your brain has been occupied? Or with regards to your practice specifically, like, where has your focus been? I think right now, um, the space that I'm in, like I'm trying to find like comfortable space in vulnerability mm. and like authenticity. And so that's like all abroad, like across like everything that I do that I'm trying to remain vulnerable and knowing that a lot can come from being vulnerable mm. and open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm trying to continue to be authentic and speak my truth and, keep my throat chakra open as the children were telling me today (laughs) at work you know I'm just trying to stay in those spaces of authenticity and vulnerability Mm -hmm. what about you Paulette I am working on a I teach yoga so I'm a crisis manager at Mm -hmm. work Um, student support coordinator and so I'm trying to bring some calmness and relaxation and meditative space to mm. the adults in my building. Yeah. Um, and I am working on 
doing that while doing that for myself and uh-huh. figuring out how to do that for all of us in the building. And so right now that's that's my big project. It's where I'm at. No, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both. Thank I love having you. I love <laughs> yes. sitting down and talking to you. I feel like there's this is like a scratch of the surface, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts? Anything else you guys want to add? No. All right. Well, thank you both. Um, yeah. Love you. Thank you. Love you too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.